Good morning. We've got a couple of housekeeping issues before we start. A couple of reminders that are all over the place in email and slides and whatnot, but in a couple of weeks, we're going to start worshiping at 10 o'clock, May 22nd. And as you know, the farmer's market's coming, June 5th. So we're going to do a two-week, it's not a trial, a two-week practice, because trial means if it doesn't work, we're going to switch. We're not switching. So it's a two-week practice. We'll be worshiping at 10 a.m., and our classes, both adult and children's, will be at 9 a.m., and it'll be great. Uh, another announcement is uh, our prayer and potluck dinner is not this Wednesday the 4th. It's going to be next Wednesday the 11th, and we got some info out going on that. So uh, Wednesday, May 11th, right over there, 6 p.m., bring a dish. We'll sit together. We'll do a little competition in teams, and we'll end the night by praying with each other and just uh, trying to beseech the Lord for what he has for us. And then May 7th, kind of out of order, um, gentlemen, breakfast. There's lots of bacon and lots of eggs dropped off today, so I know that much. There'll be, there'll be food, gentlemen, 9 a.m., and then on that same day, if you are not a gentleman, we're going to head on over to the Elms at 1045, be here around 1015, 1020, and we're going to go bless some people um, with the Mother's Day theme over at the Elms right down the street and just be with them and talk with people and um, love people, basically. So there's other announcements. See your bulletins, see your emails. I've already talked too much behind the pulpit without praying, so let me pray real quickly. Father, thank you. Thank you for the hurting and the joys. Thank you for the confusion and the clarity. Thank you for all the aspects of life. Thank you for Jesus and what he has said and what he is saying through his life, resurrected life. Help me now in Jesus' name, amen. Jessica, I missed you last week. We were in Orange County. Uh, we went to a wedding, and then I was, had the opportunity to speak at a church down there, and it was wonderful. They are a church plant. They meet in a school, kind of like some of us used to do way back when. They set up for two hours and tear down for an hour, and I just smiled. <laughs> you guys are doing great. But you guys are wonderful. So uh, we did miss you. Dave Brace stood in uh, faithfully, so we thank you uh, for that, Melanie, on his behalf, and we'll connect with him. So uh, let me start. Uh, Dave Bray went ahead a couple... Verses, because I told him a month ago, we're going to be back in the Beatitudes. I was foolish. Your pastor was foolish. When you guys go, we know. But I try to get through all eight or nine, depending on what you think, Beatitudes in one week. What, you guys should have went, what are you doing? Like, what? duh. You could take a year, right? So we're going to try and hit a couple more Beatitudes. Debbie, thank you for reading Blessed. She listened. Blessed. You are blessed, Jesus says. Blessed, different word, but weird meaning in our language, right? It sounds like a Hallmark card, and we don't want to go there. We don't want to make these Beatitudes cute, pithy, little fortune cookie sayings. That's not Jesus. That's not the kingdom of God. So, Debbie, thank you for saying blessed. Real quickly, these are counterintuitive blessings. You guys know what that big word they don't come rationally or naturally. I'll look at John because he's very rational and pragmatic. They don't come to us who are wired that way. They don't go, oh. They are counter-religion, the way the world sees religion. Jesus is religious, another sermon. They are counter-cultural, every culture. They are counter-government, every government that's ever been formed. They are announcements of blessing from the Son of God about his kingdom coming forth 2,000 years ago and continuing. And the church should go amen after that. That's what they are. 
quickly. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What did we learn a couple weeks ago? If you're not very good at being spiritual, Jesus Christ is for you. That's what it literally means. If you don't wear a perfect robe and speak eloquently, God's got good news for you and his son. That's what it literally means. Blessing to you. Announcement of peace and joy and all these things, right? We're going to pick up in verse 5. Matthew 5, 5. This is a pretty easy one. I don't have many notes. I'm going to try and get there. Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In church, don't lie, how many of you want the earth? Liars. How many of you want inheritance like the earth? Liars. How many of you want a rich inheritance from your Father in heaven? I just said it different. Now you guys are honest. <laughs> but the point is, this is not a bad desire, but it's bad when those desires take us over. But the point is, blessed are the meek, for they shall get it all. That's weird, because usually in church we say, deny, 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 no, 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 consume. And there's some truth in all that. But Jesus, announcing this kingdom, says, you know what it literally means? Blessing to the nice guys and gals, it's coming for you. Nice guys finish where in America? Every time. Not every time. We don't want to make provocative generalizations. I'll say it a different way. Nice guys finish last all the time. Same word, right? This meekness is not weakness. We've heard it over and over. You know, biblical manhood is this. This literally means Jesus is saying, blessing to you who are kind and gentle. Your reward is coming and it will blow your mind. That's counter-Roman government. That's counter-Byzantine that's counter all the Eastern Empire governments. That's counter America, folks. But Jesus says, in my Father's kingdom, this is the blessing for the nice folk. And he's going to go through more of that in this sermon, right? Nice guys finish first. Ha! Would a Roman soldier say or most people in Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, right. Have your niceness. I'll take my whatever I can get for 60 or 70 years. But Jesus says, the meek, the humble, the kind, the gentle, it's all theirs. Blessing. I told you there wasn't much there note-wise because it's, duh. Jesus is like, here it is. Verse 6, here we go. Blessed are those, we're going to spend some time on this one, who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be what? I can almost guarantee that every major mistake you and I have made is because our souls weren't satisfied. I can almost guarantee it. Not always. But every mistake that you and I have walked into as people, we can probably get to the point and the reason ultimately because there's a craving and yearning in our souls to be satisfied. Isn't satisfaction amazing? Peace comes with it, by the way, but how do we get there? Another sermon, we're not there today. But here it is. 
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. There's a very churchy word. What's that word? For righteousness. That sounds like, oh. I'm going to tell you what it doesn't mean. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for their own piety and holiness. Because that would be counter the first blessing Jesus said. Blessed are those who pour, or poor at what? Being what? Spiritual. So it's not that. A bit tricky here. I'm going to try and do one Greek word. Hang with me. Don't turn off. The word for righteousness, dikeosuna. Big, sounding funny. Let me try and get at it. This word translated as righteousness, righteousness and justice, it goes hand in hand. There's equal translation for it throughout history and throughout the Bible. They're interchangeable. They aren't cousins in a thesaurus or synonyms. They're identical twins, basically, in this context. What is not being announced is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for their own enlightenment. That's not what it says. <laughs> it's different. Rather, what's being said, the blessing, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for things to be made right in this crazy world. That's what it means. How many of you believe the world's crazy? Good, we're getting better in church. We're not lying as much. How many of you believe the world is mostly out of control? The blessing, again, going back a couple weeks, these are blessings for people. Not all of us probably receive this blessing, but this is what the kingdom is about. Blessed are those who want rightness in this, on this planet, is what it literally means. Hear this. May, June, July, August, September, October, first Tuesday in November, seven, six months. Hear this. Blessed are those who want God's government on earth. Blessed are those, I touched on this last week in Orange County, that's why I'm never going back. Blessed on those who want the politics of Christ to be forming in their family, in their church, in their life. Jesus isn't political. I used to think that when I was 20. Jesus is political, but remember, everything Jesus has done flips natural politics on their head, and he brings forth truth. I asked the congregation this last week, if Jesus was on the stump like the rest, what would his speech be Matthew 5 Matthew 6 and Matthew 7 Jesus would be out of the race within two weeks so the point is there's blessing for those in God's kingdom who want correctness justice in a correct way and rightness in this crazy place there's blessing it's good news for those people if you at times have a hard time falling to sleep or are torn up inside because there's so much craziness going on in California, in the Bay Area, and everywhere. God's saying, I know. Keep fighting the fight. 
keep doing the things that honor me, and there's blessing for us who want correctness. We should treat each other correctly based on nothing but our own human dignity, amen? Not gender, not race, not socioeconomic class. We all know this, and that's only one of the things that this world has going out of control, right? We could spend 20 years talking about this, but there's blessing. I was debating whether to say these next couple lines here. Blessed are those who feel the tension inside as they ache for the world to be better and to be right. If you walk in that tension, Jesus says, blessing, keep going. (laughs) Keep walking. And I'm just going to do it because we all love each other. Amen? We have a tendency to whatever political bent we go to, to to try and bring Jesus to our camp. You know what I'm talking about? Uh Uh-oh, it's getting real quiet in church. Jessica's like, don't say a word. We have a tendency, if we're with the donkeys, to go, Jesus, come on over here. Or with the elephants to go, we got Jesus. And the point in the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus is separate from both of them. And he walks his own way. He ushers in his own kingdom. And the dangerous part is when we try and drag him into something else. Either way, and we as Christians, I'll say it, me as a Christian often get in trouble. To a world looking and wondering, so you say all this stuff about salvation and about glory and about holiness and about purity. Me, speaking to me but you act like a turd most of the time. Me. Not talking to you. I'm going to me. Traditional conservatism or progressive liberalism, here it is, neither one will ever find a full representation of God's politics in either party. The true politic of Jesus, this word, and the Sermon on the Mount will challenge both of us conservatives and both of us liberals, and we need to see it for what it is, and then, in grace, conform to his way. Like I said, Jesus Christ, the hats he has in his closet don't have an elephant or a donkey. You know what hat he has? I'm the son of God. That's what hat he puts on. (laughs) And we go, yeah, you are. Praise God, that's my political sum speech for 2016. I'm going to preach through the Sermon on the Mount. There's more in there dealing with our own hearts, so we're going to go there, right? And we're going to close with one more blessing. Verse 7, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive what? How many of you want mercy every day of your life? Don't lie in church. All of us do. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to want mercy. I want mercy. Because I know if I was judged based on my standards per se, I wouldn't get mercy the way I what? Want mercy. So Jesus says what? Blessing. Joyful announcement. Those who are merciful, your mercy's coming. It's coming every day. 
Church, if our longing and aching, here's the hard part. Oh, this is so good. Jesus is so good. Go back one verse. And I'm speaking to my heart. Here's the problem. Here's the social justice mentality problem sometimes. If our longing and aching and tensioning and all that stuff for this world to be made right, one verse ahead. If we are there, go one verse, one more verse, and we don't show mercy, we're not longing and aching for the world to be made right the way Jesus prescribes. You see what I'm saying? If in our longing and aching for things to be made right, if we are withholding mercy, the word says, stop and deal with your own heart. That's why it cuts. That's why, as we talked a month ago, it's not just words on a page. It's the living Christ who's saying this to us now. Don't let either side of your politic or either side of your theory or either side of your theology withhold mercy. Jesus says, don't do that. That's the hard part. Pastoral admonition. When you're in, I talked to one family this week, tried to counsel them. They're in a gray area. How many of you have been in a gray area with God in real life? Every one of you. Don't lie in church. Every one of you. You guys know what I mean by gray area? Well, the Bible says this here, but this is here, and I'm, I'm kind of confused what the Sermon on the Mount says is there's blessing offered to those who are merciful and pastoral admonition when in doubt, show mercy. Lean on the side of mercy. Oh, but pastor, if you show too much mercy, you're enabling. I don't want to enable anyone, but I would rather enable on this side with mercy than make a mistake with non-mercy because Time confirms what? All things. And if we see this pattern of enabling, we can come in and go, okay, here we go. Let's, let's reset. But in your interactions, in your families, at work, at church, let's always be merciful. You guys know the difference between grace and mercy, like language-wise? Grace is something that you get that you do not deserve. Mercy's harder. We love grace in the church, right? Grace, amazing. I love Amazing Grace. I'm not making fun of the song. Amazing Grace, a great, great hymn. Mercy is withholding from someone what they have earned by basically their own behavior. You see the difference? In this little story, did this woman who was caught breaking the law deserve to go to jail? Yeah. Remember the story with the kids? She earned it. By her stealing whatever she stole, she said, by my own actions, I've broken the law, and I deserve to go to the, they have paddy wagons anymore? In the paddy wagon, go to jail. But Christ, in the gospel, coming to earth, dying on the cross, being raised and ascending to heaven, offered mercy to all who will receive it. And what mercy did he offer to me? I'll speak for me. I have broken God's law, and I have messed up royally. I deserve what's mine to stand for my own actions, and I would be what? Guilty. I could have the best lawyer. Sorry, judge. I can't defend him. Let him speak for himself, and I would go, I'm indefensible. I've done some things, those things. 
but Christ as king, Christ as judge, God through Christ said to me, you deserve one thing, but in my goodness, in my righteousness, and in my glory, I'm bestowing mercy. And that's how I was forgiven and reconciled and how I think I can be sane because all of these, go back one verse. This is at the heart for us, church. I hope we want this world to be made right. I hope we want the politic of Christ to come forth in our lives, in our church, in our nation. What do the politics look like? Who asked that question? Good, I'm glad you asked. We're going to take the next three months and look at it. It's all in the Sermon on the Mount. But here's the final thing and the final point of the message. We cannot let our longing, even our religious zeal in a good way, get us to a place where we start to withhold what? Mercy. Because then we're probably more of an institution looking like a government at times than the living body of Christ. Verse 7, we'll end. We already said it, but that's what we want to get to. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. We'll get there, but there's also a notion in the Sermon on the Mount that however God works this out, the mercy you show to others will be the same lens as the mercy is shown to you. We looked at it two months ago. We want to gamble on the grace and mercy of God and give it freely because I sure know I need it. Amen? I need mercy and I need grace. And that's empowering to be forgiven and free and to try and walk in peace with Christ. Today is the first Sunday. Is it May Day? Is that what day it is? And we're going to celebrate communion as a family. After I pray, Pastor Jeff's going to come up and lead us in that. Please partake and worship your Lord. And then when we're done with that, we'll be over there fellowshipping and hanging out and ask Josh for the score of the Warrior game. He'll get it for you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for announcement and blessing being heralded from your son. Thank you that he is the one who brought forth such good news. Blessed are those who aren't very good at being perfectly spiritual. This kingdom is for you. And thank you for this blessing for those of us who long for the world to be made right, both politically and socially, religiously, spiritually, whatever we talk about, let us pursue you in that. And Father, thank you for the blessing of mercy for those of us who bestow mercy. Make us merciful. Make me more merciful. And in doing so, let me realize your mercy more. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen.